That's great. Yeah, I can't get enough uh, Big Macs. Macs are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where three dudes talk about games. I'm Austin. I'm Chris. And I'm Garrett. And let's get into the news. Hey, Justin Wong versus Daigo. Did you guys not have phones? Yeah, you guys all have phones. Phone. Right? Happy feet. Wobble, wobble. 599 US dollars. A player in Starfield discovers an encounter with and recruits a past version of their own character after going through New Game Plus a whopping 33 times. It's very cool that Starfield included an encounter like this, but holy shit, I couldn't get through the game once. 33 times? Crazy. In other news, Red Dead Redemption 2, the PC version, just hit their all-time 24-hour player peak, nearly four years after its initial launch. An insane feat, but likely due to recent sales and a new mod that lets the game run at 60 frames per second. Free Sex is finally coming to Cult of the Lamb in 2024. This episode's gonna run a little long, so that's all I'm gonna say. Back to you, Chris. Thanks, Garrett. This week on Hidden Doors and High Scores, we're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna talk about two games at the same time. We're talking about Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon from From Software, and Lies of P by Neowitz and Room 8. We thought we'd talk about both of these games simultaneously. One, because a lot of games are coming out. We just don't have enough time to do separate episodes about all of them to like actually get stuff out. But also because they are both roughly Souls-likes, and we'll talk about like how much exactly they fit that mold each of them but they are they are similar enough in format and and gameplay style that we thought it would be appropriate to talk about them both at the same time um armored core 6 is the latest in a long line of the armored core series from from soft and bandai namco you're like a pilot in mechs and you can customize them and there's all the customization is really crazy and now i i will say i played the second one because it was a launch title on the ps2 did any of you? Me too. You played just that one or any others? That's the only one I played. And I remember really enjoying that oh, game yeah. when I was, you know, 10, 10, 12 years old. Like, I, I was a big fan. I don't think I beat it, but I remember flying around and shooting stuff as a giant robot and having a grand old time. Yep. I, I had that. never played an Armored Core game before this, and it baffles me that this was never on my radar. Like, I don't know how I just never picked up an armored core game at any time in the last 10 years well i mean the last one came out 2013 about 10 years ago (laughs) yeah but i don't think the last one was like particularly well received or anything i think it was pretty under the radar and i gotta say i'm just not a fan of mechs in general they have no real world practical use i don't understand why people like that is not why I come to my video <laughs> games, Garrett. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Estus flasks don't have a lot of real world practice. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Exist, but, yeah. Uh, yes, no, I agree. The concept of mechs is a silly concept, really, <laughs> but it is fun to be a giant robot and blow shit up. I guess. 
I have always said that Pacific Rim is a good movie because my inner five-year-old loves giant robots punching giant monsters. And it will never not. But see, the problem I have with this game is there are no giant monsters. It's just giant mech monsters. I want yeah, giant, giant robots monsters. punching each other is still good, Garrett. Um, yeah, Armored Core 6 is cool because giant robots are cool and customizing your giant robot to make it cooler is cool. There is so much customization. They really give you a lot. And different ways to build your mech. You can make them a tank. You can make them super lightweight. And it's really interesting how they play into levels. Like certain levels, better to have a tank. Some levels, it's basically impossible if you're a tank. Yeah, this game definitely has that design philosophy which is like everything is so it's a mission-based structure you you know you build a giant mech you go out on a mission you try and blow up all the stuff they tell you to blow up without dying and then you end the mission you get money you use that to buy more parts for your mech and then you go on the next mission but yeah it's definitely designed with this in mind where like some missions are just designed to be like really hard if you have a fast light mech mm -hmm. and some missions are designed to be really hard if you have a slow heavy mech like this part of the game is just like you go in get your ass kicked sometimes and like you're supposed to go back to the drawing board and create something totally new i was gonna say i definitely had a rough go of it in the beginning because in most souls like like for example liza p i built super lightweight so i could roll really fast and get out of the way and that's how i play most souls game playing this lightweight you're gonna get hit like this is not an easy game and it's not easy to learn how to dodge so in the beginning i was just like against that first helicopter i was just dying instantly yeah this game throws you in right away this game is pulling no punches like the tutorial boss absolutely creamed me like 10 times mm -hmm. the thing that was cool about that though about them forcing you to go back to the drawing board is and again i never played the previous game so i only know this from looking it up but like in previous Armored Core games, or at least in the one before this, like if you lost a mission, you would lose like money or whatever to like oh. your ability to respec would be like diminished Thank God by they got failing by like failing tasks. And th they got oh, rid of that yeah. in this game. And I was just like, again, I've never played them, but like I can't imagine having to go back. You already like weren't good enough to beat the level or do whatever it was you were trying to do and then now your ability to do that thing has been diminished by your failure this and like this game is like, punishing like, enough was they there don't not, need that <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like was there not a point at which you just like soft locked yourself out of the game and yeah. like couldn't <laughs> proceed it is interesting that in this game basically they made it so that switching up your build is pretty trivially easy you can always buy and sell parts in the shop and you can always sell them for exactly what you yep. bought them for. Yep. So yeah. you're just allowed at any time to be like, oh, I don't like that shotgun. Sell it and buy a rocket launcher. Great. Sounds good. Which I like. I did find it weird, though, that you have to do that in sort of like the main menu. Mm -hmm. And there's an option when you fail a mission to like re-spec your robot. But you have to do it with parts that you currently own. So especially at the beginning of the game, that's just like not viable to own more than kind of what is on your mech at any given time. Yeah. So it's just kind of silly to have that option there until like the very last couple levels, you might have like two different mechs fully built out.
I mean, what I ended up doing is is just replaying levels to get the money to buy a second mech so I could do that. But it feels bad that you just you have to grind a little to be able to even use that feature. It seems weird. And, uh, you know, kind of similar, interestingly, uh, Lies of P has this mechanic. So Lies of P is a, is a Souls-like, much, much, much more, more of a Souls-like. Yeah, traditionally. Yeah. yeah. There's basically a, a little uh, sort of stargazers that are basically mm -hmm. your bonfires. Yeah. That was so funny. The first time I ran into one of those, and they were like, this thing's a stargazer. Go touch it. And I was like, ooh, what's a stargazer? And then I touch <laughs> it, and it pops up this, it pops us this warning on the screen, like, all of the enemies are going to respawn if you choose. Oh, I was like, oh, okay, it's a bonfire. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what game I'm playing now. But yeah, Liza P also allows you to switch out, first of all, like all your equipment at any time, which is very normal for a Souls like, but also has this interesting ability where kind of when you're at the home base, you have all the different weapons and they all have a handle and a blade mm -hmm. and you can like mix and match as you mm -hmm. choose. So if a handle has a particular, you know, uh, it scales well with a particular thing and a particular blade does a lot of extra damage or like has a cool unique ability. Yeah, all the blades and all the handles have their own unique ability attached to them. So if you really like an ability, like there was this one that automatically guarded a, an unblockable move. You just do it and you oh, wow. automatically guard it. And I just use that for the rest of the game because it's just amazing. Yeah, so you can like mix and match in that game too, which is like, it's an amount of flexibility I've never seen in a Souls-like before, mm -hmm. being able to sort of mix and match pieces of weapons. Um, I thought that was a cool concept. Sure. And I also feel like Lies of P didn't, I don't know, it didn't require you to like spec into particular builds in the way that like the Dark Souls games had before in order to be like, to be like really good at it. They did such a good job of really guiding you on what arms, like uh, arms are like little abilities that are basically your mage powers in any Souls game. But it, it guides you and tells you like, these are the arm abilities that you'd use with a strength build. These are a dexterity build and these are the magic build. And there's three defined sure. yeah, builds maybe, in this maybe game. Maybe that's what it was. And it's like all your consumables and throwables, they all scale to a particular build. So this game really does want you to choose one and just stick to a build. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe maybe it was that they did just a, a better job of guiding you along that thing instead of like any Souls, like Dark Souls game ever, which is just like, Good luck. here's a bunch of yeah. stats, pick what points you want to put where, you know, like. Well, and in the Souls games, I think there's a lot more builds that may use two different stats right there's like oh you're doing a dexterity and faith build or whatever right there's weapons that you need both to be high and in this game there was just fewer stats and like weapons seem to really just care about like one stat yeah um and also i didn't ever encounter a weapon that had a requirement of a certain level of something it just scaled better mm -hmm. with with one which i think is like, great you could put on anything you want yeah 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 yeah, same thing. I don't think there was like a requirement that I saw ever. The armor is weird. It's like bolts and stuff that you put on and the the actual gear that you're wearing is found. So you can put on whatever. You don't have to worry about fashion souls where you get weak armor just to look cool. You can just look how Gary, cool you, you always want to have look. to worry about fashion soul. <laughs> yeah, Liza P just allows you to like... You just put on whatever you want. Although it is funny that the costumes get absolutely covered in... 
uh, puppet blood. Uh, we should say Lies of P is like supposedly about like a reimagining of the story of Pinocchio, but really it's not. The story is like there's there's a guy named Geppetto. He made puppets, but in this puppets are like robots. Mm-hmm. They're they're yeah. automatons that like yeah do all the work for people in the city. You know, they're the policemen and the firefighters and the janitors and the butlers and you know all the sort of menial tasks of society. Pinocchio is special because he Geppetto made him and he can lie. There's a very shoehorned like three laws of robotics thing yes like in it the, like oh there's these laws that you know all robots puppets can't yeah. hurt humans and can only do things to help humans and can't lie and that's like a whole it's a whole thing but of course none of them are laws because basically that's the premise of the game is you show up and the puppets have all gone crazy and murdered everyone <laughs> yep right yeah um, so you're it's your job as pinocchio the sane puppet to uh kill a bunch of bad puppets and try and figure out what's going on and save the world kind of thing. Now, I will say I love the setting of Liza P, the 1930s France. Same, dude. It's it's so good. Bloodborne being one of my favorite souls, it's very much similar style to it. And combat-wise, it's very aggressive combat. It's not slow pace like block, return. It's countering, rushing in, throwing in hits. I loved, loved that combat mechanic, which I think was in Bloodborne, which I never played, Mm -hmm. which is basically if you block a hit, you, you lose the health, but it's in like a gray part of your health bar. And then basically if you wail on the enemy, you'll gain that health Mm -hmm. back. Yeah. And so it really encourages like aggressive combat. Well, and also like once you, you have like, you know, Estus Flask, basically like the things that give you health back in between combat. But when you run out of those, they recharge by you doing damage in combat. One of the best features that I've seen in a Souls. Yeah. I think they should add that to all of them. That is fantastic. But again, like it made it, you know, both a criticism and a praise I have for this game. Because it did kind of make dodging pointless. Mm. Uh, I feel like dodging... I feel like dodging wasn't very useful in this game, and maybe that's just because I was playing like a tanky bit of a tankier build and like didn't couldn't move as fast or whatever, or like didn't have as much stamina to actually like dodge multiple times in a row. But I felt like the only way to play this game was just just a face tank and block things and then just start wailing. Well, I think they did a really good job of balancing that. I think there's certain attacks that you have to dodge or have to do a roll dodge, not a block. For example, the King of Puppets, which fuck that boss. The first phase of him <laughs> uh, is definitely, I was just dodging everything and that was the way to go. Second phase of the fight, you have to be blocking and parrying and rushing in and playing the game that way. And I, I just feel like I, I just parried my way to victory the entire game. Like I just, never I mean, if you like have all the timing down, useful. yeah. Yeah, I just never felt like dodging was very useful at all. Yeah. Uh so I think I think this is a this is a good point because I think both this game and Armored Core 6 they are both less like Dark Souls in terms of combat and closer to Sekiro. Yeah. Um because both of them have a like stagger mechanic mm-hmm. uh essentially which is how you really kill enemies and really do damage. Especially Armored Core. 
Armored Core is like the only way you do damage is to stagger. Yeah, you could try to whittle an enemy down without staggering them, but like, oh, it would take forever. I think you just run out of ammo for most yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, that game is all about staggering. And I like that there's a stagger mechanic in Lies of P, but my frustration with that was that there is not a visible stagger mechanic. There's no stagger bar next to the enemy's health bar. So you can stagger them if you hit them enough in a short amount of time with the right moves and you perfect parry them and whatever, but you just don't know. And that I found a little frustrating because if I know how close the boss is to being staggered, I'm more likely to get wild and reckless and crazy and try and hit them those yeah. last couple times and get that stagger. Whereas when I don't know, I'm more likely to play it safe. It's not worth the risk of trying to get one extra hit in to get smashed and have to start the boss fight over again. So I didn't really like that. I like the fact that in Armored Core, you could see that. And it was like, oh shit, he's getting close. Just fucking rush at him and hit him with everything you got before you do your uh, awesome finisher move, which I, uh, I had that fucking uh, metal pile driver. And <laughs> God, that thing, just absolute devastation. It was so fun. <laughs> That's what I use too. It's so cool. It's yeah. You just you shoot, shoot, shoot. You're shooting your rockets and your machine gun and whatever. And then right as they get staggered, you get right up to them and just boom and just shove that thing through their cockpit. And I like max so, all the melee damage and stagger damage attributes. I feel like that's the way you have to play it. Like it oh, does dude, so yeah, much damage. Just, I just one hit Should've. kill so so many bosses. In that very case. very Optimus Prime in whichever Transformers movie he does that. In. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Optimus Prime with that fucking sword. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, crazy trivia that I learned when I was reading about this game. The mech designer for the Armored Core series, he's been there since the very beginning, uh, he named the series and he designs all the mechs. His name is Shoji Kawamori. He's the fucking OG mech dude. He did original like drawings that inspired the Transformers series and he designed Optimus Prime. That checks what? out. Yeah. That is so cool and so predictable. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just like all of the mechs in that game are so cool and also so reminiscent of Transformers. Transformers and they are, yeah. yeah. Um, should we, we touched a little bit on the story uh, of Lies of P, which by the way, I really appreciated playing a Souls-like game whose story I actually <laughs> understood. Yeah, like you can clearly well like you got what's going what was on happening. i get it it was like oh yeah, they were it was puppets amazing and they went on a killing frenzy and like we got to go to the factory and shut it down and like we got to go find the guy who designed the puppets it's like mm -hmm. this all makes fucking sense <laughs> yeah i really appreciate this... that dude gary mentioned it earlier but the setting of that game is so oh, yeah. fucking cool yeah, yeah. so cool mm -hmm. yeah you guys said it's, it's yeah it's like turn of the century like europe uh, yeah honestly it reminded me a lot of uh dishonored yeah yeah, yes yeah. Right? very Same dishonored kind of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 <laughs> speaking of dishonored just like in dishonored where like you're like in dishonored the number of people you kill and like the bodies you leave behind changes the ending of the game. there's like a bunch of different endings where you like you know the more people you kill the worse ending you get basically lies of p the lies part of it like you're the special puppet that can lie to people because that's like one of the three laws is that they can't 
fly or whatever, the ending of the game changes based on how much you lie mm -hmm. during the game. Also, if you and go that... into Geppetto's office, there's a painting of Pinocchio and its nose gets longer as you lie more in the game. <laughs> I was going to say there was no nose. Yeah, oh, that's great. It's, it's pretty cool. It's like a, it's a portrait of Dorian Gray situation, yeah. but with Pinocchio's nose. Yep. That's super cool. But yeah, I mean, I just, I just think that's cool. And like, I think that game has replayability just mm -hmm. for the different endings. Cause yeah, it would, it would significantly at certain points, certain lies you tell would significantly change what happens next. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, all the human designs are great. And, uh, but I do have a complaint about the human boss fights. All of them are trivial. If you just go right, if you just keep running to the right. They just can't figure <laughs> out what to do, and you just backstab them. <laughs> yeah, that is a thing that happens in a lot of Souls games, like with particular boss fights. Because I noticed that in Elden Ring a lot too, where if, if you, you just run to the ran side. around a boss <laughs> in one direction, like if you went right and all their attacks like Come came from, from the, from other the arm, left, yeah, you just never got hit. And then if you went left, you get hit by everything. Mm -hmm. That yeah. happened all the time. And I noticed it in this, the very first <laughs> boss fight, I noticed that in this game. And I was like, yep, this is just, just like all the other ones. Yep. Whereas like the big mechanical puppet boss fights like felt like true, oh, yeah. you know, souls like hard boss fights. They were fun. Mm -hmm. And there's yeah. a ton of uh, and two phase boss okay. fights in this game that are yeah. rough like the swamp monster king of puppets there's there's a ton of great ones and they are not easy yeah well and i felt the same way honestly about uh all the bosses in armor course oh, yeah like, they're fucking hard like mm -hmm. you had to build to them and even then like you got to learn their attacks you got to learn the timings and you you gotta just get good and in uh, Armored Core, I'll say you can't really solve the problem by overleveling like you can in some Souls-like. Nope. Your option is just maybe rebuild your mech, but ultimately get good. Before we get too far away from the story, I do have I, I have to rant about the story of Armored Core Six because it's a classic, <laughs> classic from software. Classic from software. <laughs> Absolute, just nonsense. A hundred capitalized proper nouns that are not explained at all and really all you know is like oh there's corporations and they're evil and they're trying to exploit natural resources or something but also they might light the universe on fire question mark and then you just go kill shit that's it's it's about i feel like it's from soft's mo is just let's write a really good story and then just not really tell it at all <laughs> And just yeah. don't tell it. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, vaguely tell it and not really give you any exposition well, or is it also... Armored Core one of those series too that they've like like this there's no continuity from one game to the next. <laughs> it's just like they just come they just reboot the series every time they make up a new game, basically. Yes. Like they've rebooted the series like a bunch of times. And yes, so if you're confused by the story of Armored Core 6, don't worry. It's not because you didn't play Armored Core 5. There's no continuity. It's just <laughs> apparently all of the games essentially just have bad corporations, kind of post-apocalyptic, and you are the Raven. That's it. Every game has those things. But like otherwise nonsense um i don't know what i thought the, the in terms of like art style of armored core i thought most of the levels you know they're pretty gray boring mm -hmm. city 
places. I mean, eh, they, they didn't do much for me. Near the end of the game, there was some big, cool set pieces. Yeah. And I will say, like, all of the missiles shooting out, the swords and everything looks clean. It looks really Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of, sure. like, the combat animations, mm -hmm. excellent. Yeah. Excellent. But in yeah, terms of, like, sure. the, the, the environment is yeah. pretty boring, kind generally. Of, yeah. Yeah, but like I don't know, it's it's so hard for like dystopian future to make look games to yeah. like get a visual setting right because it's like you're trying to evoke this thing of like everything's been reduced to rubble and it's destruction and isn't that scary and like yes, but like that's just not interesting visually and so right. like trying rubble, to balance famously that. famously interesting uh set piece rubble <laughs> yeah it's just like like trying to balance that is just so difficult but like yeah like you said garrett like the combat animations are oh yeah fucking awesome yeah. like they look so good yeah yeah and i will say i think i felt more satisfied beating the bosses in armored core than i did in lies of p but maybe that's just me again going back to like the dodging mechanic like i just don't think the combat in liza p is very dynamic and it, yeah armored core just blows it out of the water in that respect well and especially because armored core is vertical right six degrees of your left yeah. right forward back up and down there's a lot of attacks that the only way to dodge them is to like fly up or dive down when you're in the air and like I think that's really interesting I i'll say getting used to targeting in armor core six is rough <laughs> On some of those yeah. fights where they just start flying everywhere, it's so hard to keep line of sight of them. Most of the boss <laughs> fight is just like, how do I figure out where the fuck they are? I will tell you, once I learned the like quick turn, that is very yeah. helpful. Yeah, yeah. Also, I like to play like a light mobile mech, and that was helpful too. Mm. I like to play tanks. Yeah, I was going back Were and you forth able to on it. Tank pretty good in, in Aerocraft. Yes, but that would be like my preferred kind of style whenever i could get away with it but i mean like we like we talked about like kind of the whole point of the game is that like you have to go back and figure out the puzzle and like there were times where it was like yeah no you just need mobility and you have to mm -hmm. do away with all of the heavy shit all your defense everything and being light and mobile was the only way to win and i mean that was like satisfying to do to like figure out basically every basically every game i'm always trying to play you know, unga bunga barbarian <laughs> character. And so like, I just, it's more fun to me to play like that. I was the complete opposite. I'm like always lightweight. And the first roadblock boss I feel like is Baltus. And I switched to tank and he was a cakewalk. It, it really? was so easy. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have anything else before we get some, some nits? Cause I got some nits. I've kind of been picking nits the whole time, but all right, no, nothing specific. I've I've got I don't have a nit to pick. I have an axe to grind with lies of Ooh, P. Wow, you don't like uh, recharging your weapons? I don't like grinding axes. <laughs> That's right. That's my axe to grind. Hey, guess what? If you roll and dodge everything, you never have to worry about it. It, mm -hmm. it's a it's a stupid mechanic it adds nothing to like the dynamics of the gameplay it is just an annoying thing that you have to do sometimes in the middle of a boss fight and it just breaks flow they took a swing they tried something new mm -hmm. i just don't think it's very interesting i guess we should explain it um your weapons basically get duller and blunter as you attack stuff 
and so they do and less block. damage and then yeah and block and then you have like a little grind wheel that you can like sharpen your weapon with and so that's just like if you want to be doing max damage you just need to do that every once in a while and i just thought that was tedious and annoying and i didn't like it it was so tedious that i completely even forgot it was in the game until you just mentioned it right now the other thing that i got frustrated with and i have full disclosure i did not finish lies of p uh and here's why that game has at least one full level that is platforming where you're like walking on very thin wooden beams and like jumping platform to platform the church you didn't get past the church in the beginning like the fourth level yep i mean i had frustration with that part but i i just got frustrated and i was like there's plenty of other games i could be playing oh, right now and game so gets so I much better after that there. <laughs> yeah fair i i do like um how in liza p you can kind of play it your own difficulty level so on most boss fights you can summon a guy with you uh, oh, yeah. you don't have to summon the guy so you can kind of make the game harder on yourself also this is the first souls game where um not throwables actually do damage they're actually viable which is incredible because i feel like i never use any of the items in any no. souls like ever Nope, and I was actually not. consistently using them in this game and by using my souls or whatever the currency was to buy more of them because they're actually pretty decent. I feel like I did a little bit of that. I, I did notice that too. But again, I'm just so used to not using I them know. in souls like that most of the time I just <laughs> forgot they were yeah. there. Yeah, same. And they're totally built around your build too. So there's like a shop put that's really good if you're a strength build. There's uh, different elements if you're a magic build. So. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I think they, they had a lot of good ideas and ways to push the format forward, but not all of their swings were, were big hits, I think. No, definitely not. I do think there are more positives than negatives, though. Yeah, I will probably go back to it, despite my uh, frustration with that that part. It's because, the absolute yeah, I, worst I level. Fun. I'm telling you, it's the worst yeah. level. Um, Anything else, or should we talk about the music? Let's do music. We're going to start with Armored Core 6. The guy who composed his name is Koda Hoshino. He's been with From Software forever on their sound team since like 1998. He is in a band called Frequency. He plays bass and, and does vocals for a band called Frequency, which is entirely made up of members of the From Software sound That's team. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they make like, you can find their stuff out there on the internet, on Spotify and stuff. They make like rock electronica techno industrial metal that's a, that's a lot of things <laughs> so many so many genres <laughs> which is interesting because that's kind of what the armored core 6 soundtrack is and in fact all the Ar armored core soundtracks as far as i could tell um the genre the genre i've decided to term this is uh industrial ambient because there's lots of like droning and grating sounds like you'd expect from mechs in like a dystopian future yeah just like a bunch of like weird ambient kind of space sounds but then almost every track starts with like a little bit of that and then picks up like transitions into this like driving beat electronica kind of stuff it just works every time i like i don't know how i don't know how to explain it other than that like every 
like every level is different every boss fight is different but they all hit the same way and it just works. i loved all the boss fight soundtracks yeah, they're all before. good I um they were it's like really yeah. fun the thing about it that was interesting to me was like it was exactly the music you'd expect so like it like it didn't surprise me at all but it was just like so well made that i couldn't complain about it ever you know it's just like exactly what you expect from a fighting mech in the future game. right and right. like it just, they just nailed they just nailed it they were not taking a lot of big swings at least no definitely not well and then like and kota hoshino has done i don't know if he was lead composer on all of the previous armored core games but he's at least been part of the sound design team on all of the previous armored core games as well as doing like sekiro and elden ring and dark souls 2 and 3 like sound design composition all kinds of stuff around so it's just like they just like clearly have like kind of a long-term team going on over there at FromSoft and like they just know what they're doing they work together really well and have a vision for the type of games that they're making and it, they just pull it off every time that's pretty much all i have to say about that oh no there was one other thing i have to say about this the way in which armored core like transitions in between like those kind of slower ambient bits and the like more driving like high tension bits is really cool they just do a really good job of like matching those things to the pace of that game which we've talked about with some games before where like they program in a thing to be like well when you know an enemy is close to you the soundtrack plays or whatever and they do that but like they also don't do a thing that a lot of like electronic games have a problem with and this is a thing that i noticed in stray particularly when we played that game is that there were a lot of times in stray where the music would like pick up into like one of those faster high tension moments when you weren't in a moment like that mm -hmm. um and so i just appreciated that armored core would go like you know if you weren't like directly in immediate combat they would take the drums out basically and then would put them back in when you needed them okay i'm totally gonna butcher this guy's name the lies of p composer his name is god damn it yikun Yu. this looks like it was his first game as far as i could tell i couldn't find a ton of information about the guy but it looks like this is the first video game he's ever done but the lies of p music is incredible i actually think it's like some of my favorite video game music that i've ever oh, heard yeah the developers neowitz also make another series of games called dj max with two x's the director of the game said that when they went into the development they wanted to retool that game because it's like neowitz's like big franchise they wanted to retool the music from dj max using era appropriate instruments for the like bell epoch which is like the era that they were going for you know that like yeah. mid to late century central europe kind of thing and so one of the ways they did that is they got this this instrument called a bandonian which is like sort of an accordion uh it's like okay. the same style of like a like a pumping kind of keyboard instrument but it just sounds really really weird and they apparently like really struggled to find a person who plays this thing because that instrument's like 200 years old and nobody has played it in 100 years uh but they like found a, an actual player of this like an authentic player of this instrument and had them record all the tracks and stuff instead of using like a uh, synthesizer 
they just did a really good job of fitting sort of more modern musical styles into an older setting, which was a thing I really appreciated. Well, and they had some old style songs like the fight. There's a white lady boss fight. And as you're walking up, there's like an older sounding French song like of the yep. World War Two era. And it sounds yeah. like it's playing out of a gramophone and yep. it is haunting. Yeah, again, so. It fits the vibe of the game. It's it's so good. Yeah, they did such a good job matching the music to the setting. It's really incredible. Um, another really cool thing that was immediately apparent to me is that there's with one or two exceptions, there's only music playing in the hub, like the hotel area place and during boss fights. And in between those things, there is only very rarely music playing while you're traversing oh. levels, mm -hmm. which is which I really liked. I like them being sparing with a music and not like looping a track over and over and over because the traversal sections can get kind of long in that game. And also just because it just like heightens the tension when there's just like all you can hear is like the creaky sound of robot puppets walking mm -hmm. around and shit like that it sets the setting really well of this like what should be a bustling active city and it's yeah, just like it's dead ass quiet it's dead and empty like yeah mm -hmm. it really it really sets the tone well yeah i think that's why the music's so memorable in this game is because there's just so little of it so when it's actually played it's it's really brought to the forefront and you can really tell do you have any yeah. more to go on the music no, that was just, I fell down a rabbit hole about a Bandonian. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Well, then, final thoughts? I really enjoyed, I'm going to start with Armored Core 6. I thought it delivered exactly what I wanted out of it. It was like a very challenging combat experience, and it felt basically like Sekiro with giant mechs, which is pretty much my dream. Ultimately, the fact that it, you know, had a completely, you know, stupid story like all from software games, it's not great, but, you know, I've just come to accept it now and I come to the game for the combat and the game totally delivered. I actually think it's worth full price. Um, Lies of P, I thought it was okay. I mean, I think I was soured a little bit by the platforming stuff and just getting frustrated there. But in terms of the gameplay overall, like, it is a very solidly made Souls-like. Other than some sort of minor annoyances, I really don't think they did anything wrong. I mean, the boss fights were cool. The story is actually understandable. You can really customize your character in terms of what kind of weapons you're using. And they, they kept it pretty accessible, I think. It's not as, there aren't a bunch of, like, stats that you don't know what they do or, like, a bunch of items that you're not sure like where to use them like everything was pretty straightforward the levels are pretty linear uh which i actually appreciated i do not like the getting lost in a dark souls world and not knowing which way i'm supposed to go next i thought that liza p did a good job like pointing you in the right direction every time yeah i enjoyed it it's on game pass so like yeah if you have game pass i think it's a no-brainer that you should at least check it out for 60, for me, I'm not that sold on the game unless you're just, you've got a big Dark Souls shaped hole in your heart and you need to fill it. But even if that's the case, I think replay Elden Ring or replay Sekiro and probably a better experience. 
But if you want to try something new, uh, I don't think it's terrible. But for me, it's a it's a wait for a sale. Uh, for Armored Core, this game would have never been on my radar had it not been from Soft who made it. Already said, I'm not a huge mech fan, but I gave it a try and it turned me like the the customization on the characters and also the boss fights are really creative and extremely difficult and feel very satisfying when you finally beat them. But yeah, the story's a bunch of gobbledygook. I don't know what's going on. And there were a lot of frustrating things of having to switch out your build and going back to the starter level because you had the wrong build. Just because of that stuff, I don't think this is a game that's super accessible for everyone. If you do love super hard Souls likes, I think this is one of the hardest. So if you want to challenge yourself, definitely get it. I probably would wait for a sale uh, if you're on the fence about it. Um, but on Liza P from a studio Neowitz and Room 8, who has not made a ton of big games, they all seem fairly small games. They knocked it out of the park making a Souls like this feels like a FromSoft Souls game. Uh, this feels like the sequel to Bloodborne that I'm never going to get. I think the skill tree, we didn't even talk about. The skill tree is super in uh, interesting where you can customize it to the way you're playing the game. Like if you want to dodge all the time, you can customize it more that way. If you want to get back your gray health, you can do that. If you don't think you may need many Estus flasks, great, because you can recover it. Some of the new stuff that they made in the game, I think are really creative. I love the arms. Uh, yeah, I love this game. I would play full price for it. If it went off Game Pass and the DLC came out, I would probably buy the game to get the DLC. And I'm also very excited about the sequel. Uh, they hint at it at the very end of the game, and it's going to be oh. a new story uh, based on a classic story, and it's a new one. Very excited for that. I don't know if it's a DLC or a full-on game, but I can't wait to see it. Cool. Yeah, kind of with you on Liza P. Garrett. I, for a studio that is basically unknown, I think they absolutely crushed it. I don't like it as much as I've liked, you know, the previous Souls-like games, but the only ones I've played are, you know, the ones made by FromSoft and they're the best at it. So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think I recommend both of these games for like kind of for opposite reasons, like Armored Core exclusively for the combat and literally no other reason. The combat just carries that game so well that it's worth getting if you just like hard combat games. And Liza P, the the setting and the story carry it, even though I don't think the combat is particularly interesting. I think both of these games are extremely well done versions of their particular thing, and I would just totally pay full price for either of them. I mean, Liza P will go on sale, cause, yeah. just because it's like a small studio and it, it will so like wait for it just you know just trying to help a brother out but like yeah i totally will be paying attention to this studio and and like any sequels and dlc and stuff that come out like i'm i'm on board all right well i think that's gonna do it for us here at hidden doors and high scores thank you so much for listening until next time i'm austin i'm garrett and i'm chris you can find us at HGHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Uh, come and check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. Come and join us on Discord. We hang out and play games there every night. We're always happy to have more gamers on the server. All those links will be in the show notes for this episode. 
Lastly, if you like this podcast, tell a friend or give us a rating. Both of those really help us out, and we really appreciate it. See ya! <laughs> Thank you.